The following is an audio booklet from the United Church of God. To view this booklet and other resources online, please visit ucg.org. Is God a Trinity? Chapter 5 Sidebar The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This simple declaration by Moses in Deuteronomy 6.4, beginning what is now commonly referred to as the Shema, pronounced Shema, Hebrew for here, has caused considerable consternation to many who try to understand who and what God is. Reading here that God is one, most Jews for centuries have ruled out the possibility that Jesus of Nazareth could be the Son of God on the same divine plane as God the Father. Early Catholic theologians, reading the same verse, struggled to formulate in the doctrine of the Trinity a God consisting of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with these being distinct persons, yet at the same time, a single triune God. How, then, should we understand this verse? One of the primary principles for understanding the Bible is that we must consider all the scriptures on a subject. Only then will we come to a complete and accurate understanding of the matter. Other biblical passages clearly tell us that two distinct individuals, the Father and Jesus Christ the Son, are both God. Hebrews 1.8, John 1.1, John 1.14 Therefore, we should consider whether the Shema is commenting on the numerical oneness of God or something else entirely. Multiple Meanings of the Hebrew Word Translated One Those who study the Hebrew language are challenged by the fact that Hebrew has a much more limited vocabulary compared to other languages such as English. What this means is that a single Hebrew word can and often does have multiple meanings, making precise translation difficult. A good example of this is the Hebrew word ekad, translated one in Deuteronomy 6.4. Its meanings include the number one, but also such associated meaning as one and the same, as one man, together, unified, each, every, one after another, and first, in sequence or importance. Brown, Driver, and Briggs, a Hebrew and English lexicon of the Old Testament, 1951, page 25. It can also be rendered alone, as the new revised standard version translates it here. William Halliday, a concise Hebrew and Aramaic lexicon of the Old Testament, 1972, page 9. As with many other Hebrew words, the exact meaning is best determined by context. In this case, several interpretations could be both grammatically correct and consistent with other biblical statements. In the Shema, Moses may have simply been telling the Israelites that the true God, their God, was to be first, the highest priority in their hearts and minds. The young nation had risen from slavery in a culture in which the Egyptians believed in many gods, and they were poised to enter a land whose inhabitants were steeped in the worship of many supposed gods and goddesses of fertility, 
rain, war, journeys, etc. Through Moses, God sternly warned the Israelites of the dangers of abandoning him to follow other gods. This interpretation, that God is to be the Israelites' first priority, has strong support in the context. In the very next verse, Moses continues, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This passage is at the heart of several chapters-long discussion of the benefits and blessings of wholeheartedly following God and avoiding the idolatrous practices of the people who were to be driven out of the promised land. Jesus himself quoted Deuteronomy 6, 4-5 as the first and great commandment in the law. Matthew 22, 36-38 Mark 12, 28-30 Another meaning of the Hebrew word ikad, alone, fits this context as well. That is, the true God alone was to be Israel's God. The Israelites were to have no other. This may be how a scribe who heard Jesus quote the verse in Mark 12, 29-30 understood it. The scribe responded in Mark 12, 32, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, Greek, heis, which corresponds to ekad in its multiple meanings, and besides him there is no other. Which seems to indicate that this is what the scribe understood the word rendered one to mean in the expression, in essence, alone. This would not rule out Jesus Christ from being God along with the Father. Rather, there is no other God apart from the true God, that is, outside the God family or God kind now consisting of two divine beings, the Father and the Son. In short, the God family alone is God. Another view of the Shema is based on the root word from which ekad is derived, akad. This word means to unify or go one way or other. Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible In other words, ekad can also mean in unity or a group united as one. Instances where one can mean a group in several verses, Ekad clearly has the meaning of more than one person united as a group. In Genesis 11.6, God says of those building the Tower of Babel, Indeed, the people are one. Ekad. In Genesis 2.24, he says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one, Ekad, flesh. When we read of a large group of people being one or a man and wife becoming one flesh in marital union, we understand that multiple individuals are involved. We do not assume that separate individuals, though united in spirit and purpose, have physically merged to become a single being. God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son are clearly of one mind and purpose. Jesus said of his mission, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work, and I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. John 4.34 John 5.30 Describing their relationship, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. 
John 10.30 Christ prayed that his followers, both then and in the future, would be unified in mind and purpose just as he and the Father were. I do not pray for these disciples alone, he said, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. John 17, 20-21 Further explanation of God's oneness in the sense of unity may be found throughout this chapter of the booklet. No matter which translation we accept, whether the Lord our God, the Lord is first, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one, in unity, none limits God to a singular being. And in light of these scriptures we've seen and others, it is clear that God is a plurality of beings, a plurality in unity. In other words, God the Father and Jesus the Son form a family perfectly united as one. Thanks for listening to The Lord Our God, The Lord is One in the booklet Is God a Trinity? For the rest of the booklet, please visit ucg.org.